Back here on Overtime, hour number two uh, for our podcast group. We have some technical difficulties. Uh, this is the second segment of hour number two. So sorry for the, the troubles there. But uh, it's a great segment anyway. And, and it's Don Connect. Does he have the SEC Player of the Year locked down? So, guys, Don Connect continues to be the hottest topic in the SEC. Uh, Connect is the second SEC player in the last 19 seasons. It's 2005 to 2024 with five straight 25-point games, joining Devin Downey of South Carolina, who had seven in a row from January 9th to February 6th in 2010. Uh, Connect is the ninth SEC player in the last 14 seasons, 2010 to 24, with at least four 30-point games in a single campaign, single season. And Connect is the only SEC player in the last 19 seasons, from 2005 to 2024, with 160 points in a five-game stretch. Uh, all those numbers just highlight how special this guy has been. And Don Connect, uh, 19.5 points per game on the season, 28 points per game in SEC play. Uh, it seems like a glitch in, in the system there. Four 30-plus point games. Um, shooting 54.6% from the field, 41.1 or excuse me, 46.1% from three, and averaging five rebounds and 1.8 assists a game. Now, there's been a lot of uh, debate and talk on Twitter or X, whatever you want to refer to it as, as a couple of the other guys in competition for the SEC, and it's kind of sparked up a, I, you know, the Kentucky game coming up here pretty soon. Uh, kind of sparked a little bit of a debate between the Kentucky and Tennessee fans. The competition consists of Antonio Reeves from Kentucky, averaging 19.5 points per game on the season, 20.3 points per game in conference play, does have one 30-point performance, shooting 47% from the field, 38% from three, 4.4 rebounds a game, and 1.4 assists a game in SEC play. Watched him on Saturday against Arkansas. Great player, no debating it. Um, Mark Sears, another guy who we saw here last week uh, with Alabama, uh, 20 points per game, 21.1 points per game in SEC play, two 30-point performances, shooting 52.6% from the field, 40% from three, and averaging 4.4 assists in SEC play. Now, both those guys are really good. Um, No debating either of that. Um, But by the numbers, uh, Connect is in the lead. Should it even be a question that these other guys are in competition here? Statistically, no. Uh, You know, just based on what he's been able to do. And he has elevated himself in SEC play to an even higher level. I mean, even the stats, 28 points per game in conference play is absurd. Yeah. Uh, Just a crazy number. And just the separation he's been able to create statistically, I don't think it should be a question. Mm. Uh, Now, there's still a lot of season left, and that's why it is still a debate. Uh, There's a lot of games left to play. You've got to maintain this if you're Dalton Connect uh, to for sure lock up the award. Uh, And and notably, I think it's the head-to-head matchups with the two guys that are left on the schedule now he's one and zero against Mark Sears in Alabama uh, but he still has two uh, two games against Antonio Reeves in Kentucky and I think those kinds of games go a long way to determining who wins the award mm-hmm. uh, you know if you manage to beat Sears again even if you split that game but he performs well uh, I think that goes a long way if but if you lose two to Antonio Reeves and he comes in especially if he comes into Knoxville and performs very well yeah. and outplays Dalton Connect uh, I think you could see the award shift to the other side so those those three games here at the end of the season are going to prove really large in determining this award yeah I kind of feel like 
it, it is kind of DK's to lose at this point, especially if he keeps on the clip that he's running right now. And, I mean, if you just look at it from a team-wise standpoint, I mean, what does this Tennessee team look like on the offensive side without him? I mean, they're not nearly putting up as many points uh, or as or are as competitive and pulling away from these teams that they should beat as they are right now. I mean, he's really elevated this team uh, to a next level and one that uh, looks to be like a really nice outlook on postseason play as well just because they finally have that just pure score that's just been missing from these Rick Barnes squads. So uh, to me, it, it feels like DK has – all but locked it up just to, just getting through the season. I think he can keep up what he's doing. Uh, I, th- I think Reeves has been outstanding, but that young Kentucky team has plenty of dogs on there that have been running the table as well. Mark Sears has been playing good as well, but I, I just I just think for what he brings to this Tennessee squad, I think that kind of separates him from the other two. Don Connect has locked it down, in my opinion, with an excerpt mark. Um, he's got a lot of season left to go. Now, if he continues on this rate, I think he's by far the winner. Um, Obviously, Antonio Reeves and Mark Sears have had incredible seasons on their own. Uh, Reeves is on a very talented Kentucky team but continues to be the star. Uh, Mark Sears has been a a, a constant for Alabama, uh, very, very efficient, and has really propelled that Alabama team throughout the season, even though they've got a lot of new pieces on that unit. Um, But Connect has been – so special, not only in SEC play, but also early on in the season. And, I mean, you can bring up performances like the North Carolina game. You could bring up performances like the Florida game, the Alabama game. When you have a guy where you are bringing up multiple different performances, like as your favorite moments, then that's a guy that's truly special, in my opinion. And um, with Connect, you know, he had that little bit of a rut, but he's also coming off an injury and still playing. Um, and after that, after he's gotten back to full health, he's been right back on track to where he started and, and where he left off before the injury. So I, I think that he uh, should be in the lead, and I don't think it's a question at the moment. Obviously, some of these head-to-head matchups will uh, definitely play into factor. Uh, going on the road to Kentucky will be a very hard environment, but keep in mind uh, they just did that in, what, November or December, going on the road to Chapel Hill and he played pretty well there, I think. Um, so I think he lives up to the moment. He's shown so far this season that he's he's consistent and can get it done no matter if it's in Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City, Food City Center or uh, on the road against a Vanderbilt or a UNC. So is the argument that Connect is the only source of offense, and this is something that I saw on Twitter today when I was uh, game planning for this segment, a lot of Kentucky fans, they're using – Connect is the only source of offense as a little bit of an excuse of why he's in this debate. Is that fair? Not really, no. Uh, I think at one point in the season early, before you really got your offense going, when we were still talking about those role guys and, and Zakai Ziegler getting back to form, maybe you could have made that argument, uh, but that has not carried on. Uh, you know, It's not like Connect was averaging 45 points a night and scoring half your points. He still was only averaging 20 points a game on the season. Uh, you're getting a lot of production from other guys, especially Jonas Adu comes to mind mm. uh, as a big source of offense for Tennessee as well. Now you've got Sakai Ziegler back in. You've got Ganey and Vescovy back in. So you've got a bunch of guys producing. So, no, I, I saw this argument too. I was not a fan of it myself, especially not anymore, yeah. um, just just based on stats. Now we'll see how the rest of the season pans out. And, and again, you got those head-to-head matchups. We'll see how those go as well. But, again, I really just don't like this argument. Yeah, me either. I, th- I think 
especially like you said, with the uptick of uh, the teammates around him starting to pick it up on the offensive end as well, uh, I kind of really think that canceled out. Because, I mean, we've seen Jonas Adu put up like 29, 24 himself on maybe nights where Dalton Connect maybe had 12 or 14 or something like that. So he's been able to pick up uh, on that as well. But in terms of consistency, I think DK uh, does take the cake on that. But I, I don't think that's a strong argument per se. If that's their argument, that Dalton Connect is the only source of offense, does it kind of go against their argument of trying to to knock down Connect? The, the Vols are the fifth-ranked team in the nation. Mm-hmm. If he's the only source of offense, that means out of all the teams in the country, he's the best source of offense in the country. Right. So – I get what Kentucky's trying to say. Well, we've got a lot of talented freshmen, and, and you know, it's hard for Antonio Reeves to take every shot. Well, Connect isn't necessarily taking every shot. He's just so efficient and dominant that in these games where he's the quote-unquote only source of offense, Tennessee's beating teams and blowing teams out. Blew Florida out, blew Alabama out, blew Ole Miss out. Uh, those are impressive performances, and if the only source of offense is that good – and that's probably the SEC player of the year in my right. opinion, yeah. right? Mm. So I think it's a little bit of a dumb argument and a dumb yeah. angle uh, from the Kentucky fans, and I guess we're not too surprised. <laughs> um, how important is the Vols matchup with Kentucky for the player of the year race uh, up here in a couple weeks? It's huge, and I kind of already mentioned it. Uh, you know, you're going to have to outplay Antonio Reeves. Uh, if if Dalton connected, I'm not saying he's going to do this. He can absolutely outplay Reeves in both these games, and I feel like he will at the point with both how both teams are playing. But if he does not, and Reeves you know, outplays him at Rupp, that's one thing. If he outplays him in Knoxville, Kentucky wins both games, I think it probably sways the award towards him. I think head-to-heads go a long way in that. Now, we've seen Connect do this in big games. That's what gives me confidence that he'll do it against Kentucky, win or lose. Uh, in those games. Now, if you can go to Rupp and win, I think that's the bigger of the two. Mm-hmm. If Dalton Connect walks into Rupp and says, let's say 35, 30, 35 points, Tennessee wins the game, and you have this electric performance, I think he wins the award right then and there. I don't mm-hmm. even know quite if it matters as much yeah. what he does in Knoxville yeah. at that point. Yeah. You know what you're getting from him on home floor. Um, but if he's if he is able to go up there and win at Rupp, I think that probably mm-hmm. wins him the award. Now these two games, this is the biggest stakes for these games that we have seen in a while. Mm-hmm. We're back to these teams being top of the SEC, top of the country, uh, high in the rankings. These are huge games. Will the pressure get to a team like this? Or will it get to Dalton Connect? He mm-hmm. has not been in these spots before, no. um, so we'll have to see if the pressure gets to him. But right now, I mean, I have all the confidence in the world in it. Yeah, I, I do think the, these head-to-head matchups uh, are going to really be pretty key because, I mean, you take you take a guy like Mark Spears in there who's running the point. I mean, like you can't really compare that to uh, Reeves and Connect who are running like a two or a three almost. And, I mean, those guys are going to be guarding each other for the most part, uh, I think, in those games. So I, I think that aspect should be a fun one to look at just because, you know, Kentucky's not the greatest – defense in the world but they can put up 90 points a night uh so i so i think it's really gonna uh, be a testament to if dk can keep up with the offense and uh you know continue to be decent at defense i mean he had three blocks against vandy but uh if, if he can keep rolling that i mean yeah this this one this one might just come down to it at rub i mean this might win it for either of them yeah yeah, it was the three blocks? Was that a career high for connect i, I might have probably i think it was i think it yeah. was i yeah. think when i was looking at the the rundown from an earlier I think I read that but um, that'd be a, another great addition for him I think would be getting a little bit better defensively as well especially yeah. if he wants to be more successful at the next level mm-hmm. um, 
Yeah, I think the matchup is, is pretty self-explanatory with Kentucky. Um, obviously, the the uh, the goal is not to have Dalton Connect put up 40 points. It's to win the game. Um, but you like to naturally have a big performance from him. Um, but I, I, I do fear, though, uh, don't go into that game kind of trying to bolster and, and just feed the ball to Connect to win the award. Make sure you focus on, hey, we're, we're here to win the game and yeah. this is mm-hmm. for the team. And I'm not saying that Tennessee would do that. But um, sometimes I think, you know, we've seen a couple of times this season. I remember the Florida game very late in that one. It kind of felt like for four minutes straight we were yeah. 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 For four minutes straight, it was all right. Give Dalton the ball and get the hell out of the way uh, on some Kobe Bryant stuff. But um, <laughs> I, I think it's it's and it's key to make sure that hey, we're going in this game as a team. We're going to win, and obviously one of our best players is going to have to help us get to that point. Right. But let's not just feed him the ball because we know he's going up against a guy that's up for the same award he is. Um, but yeah, I think it's a very very important game, uh, not only to win but for him to have a good game. I mean, yeah, doesn't have to be forty points, just. Uh, the same stuff he's been doing, 25 mm-hmm. on efficient shooting, that's all you need. Yeah. And in and a, and a win or a close game, I, I think I think he's just fine. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about the Lady Vols and a heartbreaker losing at Ole Miss. Stay right here on Overtime. White Claw is taking hard seltzer to new heights with White Claw Surge. At 8% alcohol, White Claw Surge is a stronger wave of refreshment that doesn't compromise on taste. Available in four bold waves of flavor like ripe blackberry, citrusy blood orange, zesty natural lime, and tart cranberry. Check out your favorite retailer in-store and online for the White Claw Surge Variety 12-pack and 16-ounce single-serve cans. White Claw Surge, please drink responsibly. Is your home's exterior in need of a makeover? If so, it's time to call North Knox Siding and Windows. Transform your home's curb appeal with premium siding options. From classic to modern styles, they've got something to suit every taste. Upgrade to energy-efficient windows that'll keep your home comfortable all year round while saving you money on your energy bills. North Knox Siding and Windows. Get ready to fall in love with your home all over again. Online at NorthKnoxSidingAndWindows.com. Are you ready to elevate your driving experience? Then you need to head over to your hometown dealership, Parkside Kia, home of the lifetime warranty. Discover the latest Kia cars and SUVs where technology meets style. Our friendly staff is here to make your car buying experience a breeze. Don't wait. Visit Parkside Kia today and drive home in the Kia of your dreams. Check them out online at ParksideKia.com and visit their showroom at 9929 Parkside Drive, Parkside Kia, where your journey begins. Are you tired of looking at that piece of furniture that is wore down, but you don't want to get rid of it? Go see our friends at Sun Upholstery and Fabric. Locally and family owned and operated with over 67 years of combined experience. Located at 8913 Oak Ridge Highway. Give them a call today at 865-237-3272 or visit them online at fabricsun.com. That's fabricsun.com and be sure to tell Stan that you heard about him right here on Fan Run Radio. Are you ready to make your dream home a reality? Hi, I'm Bo Kregner, and here at the Kregner Group at Realty Executives, we know that finding the perfect home is more than just a transaction. It's about finding your sanctuary, your future, your happiness. Our team is dedicated to guiding you every step of the way, ensuring a smooth and stress-free journey towards home ownership. 
Whether you're buying, selling, or investing, we're here to help. Call me anytime at 865-742-1035 or just visit us online at bonoshouses.com. Rogers Utility Solutions, a division of Rogers Hydrant Service, is a family-run Tennessee-based business since 2015. Now serving municipalities and residences in 14 states, Rogers offers fire hydrant flow testing, distribution flushing, and maintenance programs in accordance with ISO standards. Rogers also offers hydrant repair and installation, and they have the capability of repairing hydrants under pressure. For more information on Rogers new sewer maintenance program complete with mapping cleaning and camera inspecting visit rogershydrantservice.com rounding out a monday edition of overtime thank you so much for joining us all two hours long and uh, now we end the episode with the Lady Vols dropping a heartbreaker yesterday at Ole Miss, um, a, a game that featured nine lead changes and five ties with the Rebels taking an 80-75 to victory and the Sandy and John Black Pavilion at Ole Miss yesterday. Uh, senior Jewel Spear put up 30 points, the top scorer, a season high for her. Uh, Vols shot 65% from the field. Uh, Rakia Jackson put in double digits as well with 15 points and six rebounds on the day. It, it, it's a tough one to lose because Tennessee uh, shot 48% from, uh, I guess it was 64% um, on the day shooting from the floor. Um, and then you held Ole Miss to 17% shooting from three. Um, you lose the rebounding battle, the turnover battle. Um, but this was a, a game that the Vols really needed to win and very well could have won. Yeah, this is a tough one, um, and I'll kind of sum up some of it real quick. Uh, the, the Lady Vols, I feel like this was their best first quarter effort in several years. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just not a notoriously good first quarter, first half team. It scored 27 in the first 12 minutes of the game, led by six. I mean, it looked like they were on a roll early. I, I was really encouraged, but – after that, just fell apart. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and going to the break, I, I think they were down a little bit at the break, and the second half just fell flat. Shot 31% in the second half, which mm-hmm. is not going to win you games. Yeah. Rakia Jackson only manages two points on one for seven shooting in the second half. Yeah. Not used to that out of her. Uh, Jewel Spear tried her absolute best to keep the Lady mm-hmm. Vols in the game. That's her best game on Rocky Top by far, uh, but just not enough. Marquisha Davis able to score 25 and carry Ole Miss over the hump 31.3 percent shooting for the lady balls in the second half bad yeah i yeah. mean just not good Ole miss rips off a 7-0 run to start the half and never look back yeah. I, i'm not even sure the lead changed hands after that if it did it was not for long yeah mm-hmm. um, the lady balls turned the ball over 15 times which has been a problem for them mm-hmm. Ole miss turns it over 11 lady balls get seven points off turnovers Ole miss gets 15 and that mm-hmm. tells a lot of the story they get nine steals in that game which is, yeah, it's a bad number. It's an ugly number. Yeah. Um, the schedule still looks good, but that's one you'd like to have, knowing you got three three chances to play South Carolina and LSU coming up in the next Yeah, I, I mean, especially when, like like you said, I mean, this, this Ole Miss team is not a bad one in, in, any, in any shape or form, but, I mean, this is definitely a winnable game for yeah. this Lady Vols crew, and, I mean, uh, you're, you're still getting key minutes from Tamari Key, who, of course, we've seen her dominance before, but has – uh, still coming back from like the blood clots, uh, still hasn't been able to put up like just that key performance that we were so used to seeing a couple years ago. I mean, she was in there for what like a good fifteen minutes or so. It was down from what it was the past few games. Yeah, that. yeah, and then she didn't put up any points, and then uh, Hollingshed was in there. She she started off for in the in the starting lineup for 
quite a while this season and then has dropped out of that, only put up two points. So, I mean, uh, bench players not really putting in too much uh, for this for this squad right now. I think they have found their starting five. I think they finally found like a decent rotation, yeah. dropped out Darby, uh, who hasn't been the best on offense, has had some no. has had some sparks, but hasn't been the most consistent. But, uh, yeah, you can't really rely on just <laughs> – you can't really do what uh, the men's team is doing and just rely on that one when most of your uh, role players aren't putting in the buckets as well. Yeah, you talk about that starts of the third quarter. Ole Miss opens on a 9-3 run. Um, kind of negates all that progress you made in that first half, especially that first quarter. Um, kind of traded baskets the way the, from the from then on, and really uh, never was able to get back in that game. Uh, it's a tough one on the road, but as you mentioned, it's a pretty it's a good Ole Miss team that's not ranked but still respected. Um, but you know, a couple of times we, we've talked about on this show, you know, these games are important to win right now before you get into the heat of the the schedule with your LSU's and South Carolinas. Um, now you have another opportunity upcoming against Georgia, um, a, a team that's not very good. Not a good team. Yeah. Um, so you would hope they can bounce back for a, a fourth road game in and, and, and five contests. Uh, kind of a, a tough schedule for them go, staying on the road, but uh, a game you need to win against a team that's 1-5 in, in SEC play. Yeah, and it's a favorable upcoming schedule after that, too. I think your next three games are Georgia, Alabama, Vanderbilt, which is not – that's not bad. I think you get uh, – or, excuse me, Georgia, Missouri, Alabama, Vanderbilt, I think are your next four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's four winnable games, even on the road. You just beat Vanderbilt at home uh, and pr- pretty well handled Vanderbilt at home. Uh, you got a few good teams, but then, I mean, you get South Carolina at home. You mm-hmm. still have to play them in Columbia. You still got to play LSU at home as well. Yeah. You're going to be sitting at maybe eight, nine conference wins going mm-hmm. into a meeting with South Carolina. Not great territory when you yeah. have to have ten, and you really don't want to put the pressure on yourself to have to go not win the SEC, but do what you did last year, go yeah. all the way to the mm-hmm. championship. Exactly, game. exactly. Uh, a lot of pressure is is never it's never a good thing, especially late in the season when you have to play teams like no. South Carolina and LSU. Don't want to put pressure on yourself, so it's important to handle business right now and Mm -hmm. we appreciate you so much for listening to us on this monday edition of overtime for william pattison jace brown and dawson wise we will be back tomorrow for more vols and more nfl been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par well if i'm being honest that was me just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach then sm athletics changed the game i want you to picture this i walk into their store a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting-edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time